Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Hello, and welcome to After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni. I'm your host, John Steele. Hey, quick reminder as we get started here, in just a few short weeks, we are celebrating our 100th episode of After Four. Super excited for it. We're going to have a lot of fun reminiscing about some outstanding moments from the last three years. I'm going to have a special guest with me, and we're also going to be making an exciting announcement. But there's one thing that I would really love your help with as we prep. I'd like to hear from you. What are some of your favorite moments from the podcast? I'd like to hear about favorite episodes, a favorite story, or maybe how After Four has helped you navigate life after graduation. So do me a favor, check the show notes and hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or SpeakPipe and tell us your story about After Four. All right, as for today's episode, I am really excited but also sad to say that today we are wrapping up our multi-episode conversation with Harvest. Harvest is an InterVarsity alumna who spent the last 15 years as a missionary in China, and if you haven't heard them yet, you can check the show notes for our first two episodes with Harvest. You'll get more of the backstory on how she got to China, some cool stories of God's provision for her there, along with some insights into what it was like to do missions work during the pandemic. Today, Harvest shares more stories from the field, stories of overt opportunities to share the gospel with crowds of people and opportunities to serve and care for those in need in a much more quiet, behind-the-scenes setting. And as always, we're going to get to hear some amazing advice for navigating post-graduation life. So here's our final conversation with Harvest, and this one's for you, alumni. This is something I have felt through COVID, and I'm seeing more and more clearly as we're coming out of the COVID time. When we're restricted in the natural, like you can't go out, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah. Don't you think that there is a greater freedom in the spirit realm, in the mm-hmm. supernatural, with the Lord? Like, like all the, the natural things in my life were gone, yeah. right? And I'm just held, literally held into this one room for my, my daily, I did my exercises, but I'm like pacing back and forth in the room. I'm doing <laughs> jumping jacks. I'm, you know, but you're, I'm just in this space. There's something about being, having a limitations put on me in the natural, but then in the supernatural with the Lord. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, yes, right? right. So there is just such a freedom that is different because my distractions are way lower than normal life and I've got nowhere else to go but here with him. And I feel like, I hope in this whole COVID time, this is something that I walk away with, that we walk away with that, that hey, limitations in the natural and my daily life, it's not a, as big of a deal as I think they are. Which is so interesting because to be able to have that perspective of when these when these other things were stripped away, mm-hmm. that there was actually something better that I got mm. to experience. Because there will be times again, whatever it is, there will be times in my life or our life collectively where things are stripped yeah. away from me. And what does it look like for me to lean in the direction of, but you know what has not been stripped away and in fact gets to be amplified if I make the space for it is 
communing with Jesus yeah, amen. in this space and to be transformed in this place rather than just being angry about what's been taken away from me. And I think, you know, at the time I was like, Lord, are you, are you preparing me for something ahead? And then mm. you know that I need to learn it in a kind of a cushy environment. I'm in a Hilton. <laughs> yeah. I'm not suffering. Right. This yes. is not a suffering moment. And, right. but you know, what can I learn in this? Cause other people are suffering. Right. I want to, yes. I do not want to make light of that. And, and around the world, people have suffered in this COVID moment yes. and people's um, jobs have been restricted. And so their, their livelihood or their businesses, there's been you know, it's not all like sunshine and rainbows in the Hilton Garden Inn. I mean, there is suffering that people are going through. Absolutely. And um, and I guess I want to learn like how to walk in that with the Lord. And um, there may be times to to rise up and, and defend injustice, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are times to do that. And then there's times to relinquish our rights. Yes. In the godly sense, yes. in, un, as unto the Lord and say, Lord, okay, I'm going to be surrendered to you in this moment. Um, how do I walk through this hard situation? It's sort of that balance that you were, that you were talking about of like, as I'm, as I'm leaving my apartment, now is not the time <laughs> yeah. uh, to have a moment. Uh, but as soon as I get off this bus... I'm going to start asking some questions and to do that graciously. Uh, But like that there are those places of these things can happen together of I can maintain appropriate decorum, Mm -hmm. uh, but I can also ask for more information. I can be a little bold, but gracious. And, you know, what does it look like to walk that line? Well, all the while keeping in mind what, whether, whether or not people know that I'm following Jesus, what does my, what does my response say about Mm -hmm. what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in an unprecedented or recently unprecedented time? And can I also just say whether or not you agree with the approach that the infrastructure that was in place to pull all of that off is impressive. Oh, yeah. That is unbelievable. It's weird to me the places where I'm, that I see something and it makes me think like, wow, God, the way that you have created people to be able to create and do stuff is astounding. And to think that these big cities of people could mobilize in such a way that for two years, you didn't meet a single person who had COVID. Like that blows my mind. Again, whether or not you agree with that setup, to be able to pull that off is amazing. Oh, yeah, it is amazing. And now we're in a, we're, it's, it's a really unique time because now it's been totally flipped. So in December, 2022, um, all of our COVID restrictions were lifted hundred percent. Wow. So we no longer had to test for COVID every day. We no longer had restrictions on the border. And this, this was an interesting moment too, back in 2020, for me, when um, March 2020, China closed the border. And so what that meant is for any foreigners that were outside of China, couldn't get back in. And um, any foreigners that were functioning inside of China with like a tourist visa would have to leave. Um, I have a, a work work visa and a residence permit because of my work. And um, the I heard 
like from a friend posted like the day before at night, like China's going to close the border. And my first thought was like, is this fake news? <laughs> and I was like, ah, there's nothing I can do about it right now. And I went to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, it was confirmed. It was true. China was going to close the border. And at the time I had a coworker um, from another country. He was in um, Hong Kong. And so I had to call him and wake him up and I was like, hey, we got to decide, are you going to stay in Hong Kong right now? Or are you going to come into mainland China? And this was March, 2020. So we, like the whole world, we weren't sure what was yeah. going on. And so we decided to have him come in. So he had this like epic journey crossing, like with everybody else making their decision in or out, in or out. And I was like, take a lot of pictures. You're going to experience history. And, yeah. and he did, he made it in and then they shut the border. And I remember that night um, being like, wow, Lord, I'm inside. Mm. you have allowed me what an honor to be inside this country right yeah. now when many others are not going to be allowed. And you have little old me. I'm, I'm here, Lord, for this moment. Yeah. I'm inside. It was quite a, a, a feeling like a mixture of like honor and kind of a weightiness, like yeah. a responsibility that I will be your salt and your light in this nation wow. at this time. And it's still amazing to me and, and that, that I and others were, have been able to remain inside this country. And so December 2022, that was all lifted. The first thing to happen, though, is that then COVID spread. So for the first time, my friends, almost all of them, got sick with COVID wow. at the same time. So now this is a new moment now, you know, and unfortunately it was not a serious strand of COVID. So the, the sicknesses weren't so um, de deadly and, you know, yeah. people recovered, but this was like a, a new, a new ball game for us. Like, right. okay, now how do we function <laughs> as, as followers of Christ to care for each other and pray for each other and not get nervous or worried, but just trust the Lord in this moment that he'll take care of us. Right. Now, Harvest, as you're talking through COVID experiences or even thinking, you know, more broadly of more of your sort of ministry experiences, and you've already told a number of these, so, but I, I have a sense that maybe they haven't been exhausted. Do you have another story or two about places that you've just been like, that was 100% the Holy Spirit moved in that person's life that they did something just totally out of character mm -hmm. in a good way, or like somebody that you wouldn't expect comes to Jesus, whatever it might be, uh, like a, another story or two of like, this is where, this is where God just showed up for our community. Oh yeah. So much. I hope we all have a thousand of those stories, yes. right? Years ago, um, one of my really good friends invited us to her hometown for Chinese New Year and um, invited several of us she had in her heart to go to her local park and have us play worship music. And so I was on the violin and another American guy who's a really fabulous guitar player. He had guitar and a bunch of us, you know, went together, lots of Chinese friends and it was Chinese New Year. So it was a really fun time. And we all went to this park and my friend started and I kind of set up and just started jamming. And as we started playing, a crowd came around us, which is inevitable. There's so, you know, China is awesome for like drawing crowds because they're not like sheepish at all. Like yeah. gawking is a part of life in China. It's like, it's awesome. They're just like, what's that? And they come right over yeah. and want to see what's going on. And these two like foreigners playing music. And, and so this big crowd comes and, and we're, you know, having a good time. And two of my good friends kind of walk away. And we knew in the, in the distance in this park, there was a big stage. And so my friend left and, and there was some sort of Chinese New Year show going on on the stage. And a few minutes later, my friend returned with a man with her. And I said to my, my other friend playing the guitar, I said, I think this is our audition. Keep playing. 
And there was this man was looking at us and then he kind of nods his head and he goes, yeah. And my friend comes over and she says, come on, you guys are going on the main stage. What? And so, <laughs> and I, so I looked at my friend, I said, keep playing. So he picks up his guitar. I pick up my violin and we keep playing. And we walk towards the stage and the whole crowd that had been around us follow us. Is this, and, this, and then we get this like MTV moment because like the, the main guy who turned out to be the stage manager, he's walking in front of us. We're behind him. The crowd's behind us. And then the stage manager guy starts like snapping his finger to the beat like, yeah. Like he's like <laughs> leading us to the stage. Oh my and, um, and we get to the stage and they throw us up on the stage and we are allowed, now there's like hundreds of people there. We're yeah. allowed to play music. So we play a worship song in English. And uh, the MC is like, we welcome our foreign friends. They're so tall because they drink milk. <laughs> that was really hilarious. My friend was pretty tall. That's and hilarious. so they were like, you know, it was this like hilarious moment. And then we, we played our song and then we got off. And then my friend runs over and she's like, they're going to give you five more minutes. Get back up there. So we jump back on the stage. We play some more worship music. When it was done, we got off the stage and the stage manager people said, can you come back in two days? <laughs> and we were like, yes. And so we were so excited. But that night, um, we also had plans to visit my friend's um, grandfather who was sick, bedridden. So the friend that invited us to this city, she wanted us to go visit her grandpa. And so, we, of course, yeah, we did. So we had dinner at her parents' house. It was Chinese New Year time. So we had this special moment. And then we all trucked off to grandpa. And grandpa was bedridden. Mm. And um, my friend had the guitar still and I had the violin and we decided to play him some music. So we stood at the foot of this elderly man's bed and we quietly played worship music while my friends talked to him about Christ. Wow. And he, this man speaks a local dialect. So the main language in China is, is um, Mandarin Chinese, mm -hmm. okay. but he also spoke his own local dialect. Okay. And so one of my friends shared the gospel with him in Mandarin. It was translated by my other friend into his local dialect to share the gospel with him. And they asked him, he couldn't really communicate too much right now. He was so better than, but um, they asked him if he wanted to follow Christ and they believed that there was an indication of yes. And so my friend kind of went back to me. And in the meantime, my friend and I were playing music the whole time quietly, just worshiping the Lord in this yeah. room. And uh, my friend comes back and she says, a grandpa wants to, you know, receive Christ. And my friend and I were like, what? So we keep playing and we got to pray with this man and then even ask him if he wanted to be baptized. Wow. And the friends baptized him and this bedridden man. And we got to pray with him and pray over him. And I left that night, we went home and I thought, wow, Lord, you made a way for us to share with hundreds of people. But then we got to go to grandpa, yeah, the one man in his, the ending years of his life. And it turns out he didn't live too many months past that. He wow. was very ill. And it was just such a picture to me of like, yeah, you're on a stage. And we did go back two days later and we did share more and got to openly share the gospel and, and pray with people and talk to people at Christ. It was kind of this big wow. But even amidst the big wow, like on the stage, there was the grandpa and grandpa's family that, that the Lord saw him and mm -hmm. loved him. And because of the juxtaposition between the wow, hundreds of people on the stage and then the one man. It was such a, a picture to me of the heart of our God. Yeah. Wow. 
That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, that feels like exactly a series of stories right out of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, right out of one of the gospels of like interacting with all of these people, healings and casting out demons. Yeah. And then Jesus and people go to, you know, Peter's mother-in-law's yeah. house oh, and, yeah. And, and, you know, heals Peter's mother-in-law. Uh-huh. And then like just from these epic, like there are thing, these very public things that are happening mm. and just as important and worth time and like a space, like a chunk of text in scripture that gives you this very <laughs> detailed, like totally. is also Jesus going and having this interaction with this one person, yeah. uh, this meaningful life changing moment. And it's so cool uh, uh, to be able to, to see those, uh, you know, to use your word juxtaposition of those two things right there next to each other is, wow, that's so cool. And to just be playing in the park and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, you get a stage, <laughs> you get a stage to do this thing. Like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And it, and it was so cool at the, on the second day when we went back, actually, I woke up that morning and I had lost my voice. I know. I knew it was like going to be an awesome day because oh, I cannot speak. Gosh. And, um, but we still went and my friend sang and I, and I was able to share with a translator of the gospel and in the midst of it, and this is a, a city that's like a two or three hour car drive from where I normally live. Okay. We're on, so it's on the second day, we're playing all these worship songs and we're sharing the good news. And I look out and in the crowd is a couple from Canada that I know. Oh, Super what? bizarre. I know. They had been in our fellowship in, in our city. Like I knew them, but they're Canadians. And I was like, what? And they're also looking at me going like, what is she doing? Why is she here? And so... I, I hop off the stage and talk to them and turns out that this couple, this, the, the husband, his, for his business, for his work, he had been coming to this particular city for years and praying and leading Bible study Wow! and praying for this city. And they just happened to walk by the time that we happened to be there. And I just, I knew it was the Lord for him and for me to say like, like, okay, Harvest, you're not on this stage because you're all that in a bag of chips. Like you're not on this stage because you're something. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to take your voice away. Yeah. You can't even (laughs) speak. And, uh, but the, but the truth is there is a couple who for years have been sowing seeds in this city and praying for the gospel to be preached and praying for people to come to Christ and praying for this. And you just happen to be the one passing by on harvest day that gets to get up on that stage and speak out and, and bring like, we got to bring literature and things like that. And again, it kind of goes back to this like big picture, like humbling thing. Like I'm not that important (laughs) in this thing. Right. Other people have been here before me doing the hard work of yes. interceding, yes. of speaking into the lives of the people, of building up the body of Christ in a place. I'm just like coming in for a day and right. going to sing a song. And so this, is, this isn't like a wow, look at me story. This is like, wow, look at what the Lord, the big picture of how the Lord's bringing people in for their right. particular um, piece at the particular time. And it, and it's like, it's not, this isn't about like my big woo woo ministry. (laughs) I'm just like playing in the park and happen to be because this couple had invested so much in this place and that God brought it all together. And then he let us see that. Like he didn't have to, like that Canadian couple didn't have to walk by at that time. And I maybe never had, would have known this part of the story, but it was like that part of the story needed to be made known to me and to them to see like. Our God is great. Yes. It is all his and for him and done by him and orchestrated by him. 
That's amazing. That's a great story. Thank you for choosing that story. Yeah, <laughs> you're that. welcome. All of these things that you have shared with us, I think is super easy for us to look at and say, like sort of what you're saying is not the case, but us to look at that and say, well, of course, here's this, here's this missionary in China uh, doing this great big work and uh, that, that so much of it, it just goes right back to what we were saying before of like, well, what's just the next yes? Yeah. What's the next yes? And that, that takes you to these places of like, okay, Lord, I'm standing on this patch of ground what does it look like to say yes to you here and now? And sometimes that looks like really big moments of mm-hmm. playing on stage for hundreds of people and sharing the gospel. And sometimes it looks like these very tiny moments of playing at the foot of someone's bed. Yeah. And and this one person in the final days, months of life saying yes to Jesus in that space. Harvest, as you think about things that you've shared with us that have happened over the last few years, I wonder for alumni who were listening to these stories who are sort of new in their post-college journey or who are looking ahead towards, I've just got a little bit of time left on campus and then I step into this new season of life. Based on the things that you've experienced, do you have a word of advice that you, or encouragement that you would give to a brand new alum or someone who will be very soon? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the first is kind of what I've already said, like, what is God putting in your hand to do today? I love dreaming big dreams and like imagining and like, oh, I'd love to go there. I'd love to do that. But but really, what is he putting in my hand to do today? Mm. And do it with all you got. Because there, the faith life is a lot of like preparation time and waiting time. Yeah. And, and we might be in a waiting time where it seems like a holding pattern or seems like, but it's really purposeful actually. Like those waiting moments and preparing moments are quite purposeful. And how can, how can I be like intentional in that moment Mm. to not just sit there and go, well, I guess I have to wait for God, but like look around and say, yeah, I'm waiting. And what has God put in my hand to do today? And I'm going to do it full on hundred percent. I remember Mm. before I moved overseas, um, spending time with kids in my neighborhood, some kids that were underprivileged kids that were living around me. And we were just hanging out and I'd take them to church sometimes and they'd come to my house. We'd bake cookies and um, just, you know, be friends. And I remember thinking, someday I know I want to go overseas and serve the Lord. But I know that when I do that, I'm just going to be doing the same thing that I'm doing today, (laughs) just in a different country. And it, it made like my just making cookies with the local kid and the nine neighbor kids like that much more significant to me. And the kingdom, of course, is significant to the Lord, but it just, it gave me a different perspective. Like, yeah, I want to, you know, in the future, move ahead with the Lord and do X, Y, or Z. But, but what I'm doing right now is really significant. Yeah. And um, so what is he putting in my hand to do today? I'm going to do it full on. There was this this one-year period between my time serving in Romania and my time serving in China. And I wasn't, it was a, a, a full year period that I wasn't sure what was next. And it was a time of waiting and praying and living back in my home with my parents, which is a little hard, but it was fun. We were good roomies. And, um, <laughs> but it's like, how long am I in this, you know? And it's, it's one of those moments where, I don't know if you ever had this, where you're in between things. And then when you make new friends, like what's the first questions people ask? Like, so what do you do? And I'd be like, I teach Sunday school. You know, like I didn't have a, a thing to say when yeah. I did because I was in this waiting moment. Um, but the more I was in that moment, the more I realized a lot of people were in that moment. And 
I called that year the boring part of my testimony. And I would tell people that. I'm like, I'm just in the boring part of my testimony. I'm in the part that nobody talks about. Yeah. Like usually there's like the beginning of your testimony and then the wow at the end of the testimony. But there's this middle part that's you're getting from the first part to the second part that you have to traverse. You have to go through yes. this boring part that's not in the missionary biographies, <laughs> you know, like I was living at home and I was working at a nursing home calling bingo, you know, like that's not that, you know, you don't really get a chapter in the book for that, but this is a lot of the life of faith. And so in those moments saying, okay, God, but whatever you put in my hand to do here, I'm just going to do it full on. Mm. Um, and then the, the second thing I learned coming out of university when I was about to graduate I remember clearly um, hearing from a staff worker get, admonishing us that as we graduate and go into, this, into the world, look for a mentor. Look for someone that can lead you and teach you, whether that's with Bible study or in professional life, but look for someone, intentionally look for someone to mentor and pray for that. Yeah. And look for someone that you can mentor, mm. that you can bring up. Um, and so that it's like this two-way, like you're, you're and one, with one hand, you're reaching up, to be led and to, to grow. And the other hand, you're reaching back to pull someone along. That piece of advice, if, if I can live by it, 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 what it leaves you with is a really dynamic life. Cause you're in a place where you're, you have a way to grow and you have a growth area, but then you're also leading others up and it makes for so much color and and uh, growing on both sides, you know, like as you're being led and as you're leading others. And so this is, this would be something as, as people are coming out of their, their college time saying, okay, through my college years, I've had so many mentors, you know, I've got my Ivy staff worker, I've got my professors and it's all kind of built in, but now I'm going out into the world and now I am, I'm going to have to intentionally look for this. Maybe it's in my workplace. Maybe it's in my, it's in a local, local, local church, maybe it's an old friend, maybe it's someone, and then also intentionally look like, is there someone else that I can, you know, bring along? Maybe it's a teenager in my church. Maybe it's some kids, maybe it's someone who's in college, you know? Um, But this, I'm so grateful for that advice that I has really kind of guided my thinking. And as I look at the people around me to say like, how do we work together? You know, I'm not just by myself out here. Right. Right. I need to receive and learn from others. And then I also have something to give. Yes. And it can feel, it can feel so like you've just been sent off on your own into the void Mm -hmm. to sort of create a life for yourself and to realize like, no, there are other people out here who have gone ahead of me to do that. Like, can I find them to help me walk through this? And then when can I find somebody to help like sort of walk that, walk that road as well. And, uh, and, and it's in those places that you start to develop these interesting communities of people. Uh, you're doing this life together yeah. that when the time comes, you are ready to say yes to Jesus together for, you know, what is the thing for here and now that we've been called to do? And let's, let's do it well. Let's do it full force. Uh, man, harvest. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for, giving some time, your short amount of time that you're back home uh, before you go, before you go back and continue your travels, continue ministry with your community. Thank you so much for giving us uh, just a a few snapshots of life and teaching us. And uh, yeah. And thank you for being an alum (laughs) who is continuing to be transformed, uh, who wants to see the world change around them and, and for, 
for being a part of that. Uh, we love our alumni and gosh, we are so proud of you and, oh, and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your thoughtfulness and in, in the way that you're, you know, asking me about this life and helping <laughs> me too to draw the, the connections and mm. seeing, you know, how Christ is working um, in my life, in my friend's life. So thank you. This has been really rich. Well, there you have it. Our seven-month multi-episode journey with Harvest has come to a close, and we've gotten to hear some amazing moments from her story. What's interesting to me as I think back over these episodes is the thread that weaves its way through each part, waiting and meeting Jesus in the waiting. It happened early on as Harvest waited 10 years for the Lord to give her the go-ahead into overseas missions work. It happened as she waited for the right apartment to open up so she could safely continue doing ministry out of her home. It happened as she went into two weeks of hotel quarantine during COVID, and it came up again in some of her parting words today. The waiting is a time of preparation, and it is purposeful. But even as you wait, God is putting something in your hand to do. What is it? Go do that thing. Alumni, the invitations that Jesus gives to us can feel very different from season to season. Sometimes it feels big and obvious and important, like being called on stage to worship and share the gospel in extremely public ways. And sometimes it feels a little more covert, a little more behind the scenes, like sitting at the bedside of one sick and dying person. Wherever you are right now, whether it feels like you're obviously living out your calling or if it feels like you're in a season of waiting, God has an opportunity for you to partner with him. It doesn't have to be overseas missions work in China. It might just be knocking on your neighbor's door or having lunch with a coworker or mentoring a college student. What is it for you? Just go do that thing. Harvest, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and blessings on your next season of ministry. Alumni, come on back next week for my conversation with Dr. Emily Hill and Dr. Jeff Leo. If you've ever wondered, what is theology and does it actually matter for my day-to-day life? This conversation is for you. Emily and Jeff are theologians, authors, podcasters, and they play a pivotal role in InterVarsity's theological formation department. And they're going to come help us get a grasp on theology and specifically why it matters as we start this journey into life after graduation. I'm really looking forward to sharing that conversation together next week. And don't forget, we're celebrating our 100th episode in a few weeks. Visit us on socials or send a message on SpeakPipe and tell us all about your favorite moments from After Four over the last few years. Thanks for tuning in, and I will see you in the after, alumni. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, alumni. If there was anything that you learned, really enjoyed, or that encouraged you from today's episode, would you send us a DM or tag us in a story? We'd love to hear about it. You can find us at After4Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, take just a second to unlock your phone and subscribe to the podcast. If your platform lets you, leave us a rating and a review. And if you like what we're doing here, share us with your InterVarsity or other post-graduation friends. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you in the after, alumni. <laughs>